Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Monday after Super Bowl 58, we're going to have to break down our Super Bowl atmosphere, including the foods we consumed at some point, as we like to do on this program. That is still to come, as well as detailed analysis on how the Chiefs pulled off going back to back. But we wanted to get Murrow and Emmy winning. Chief investigative reporter Eric Flack on the show from WUSA 9 in town because he's got a bunch of details on what's going on in Richmond as it pertains to the Senate version of a bill to fund the new Capitals and Wizards arena that's supposed to be headed to Alexandria. So, Eric, let's start with, I saw one of the senators from, like, Virginia Beach saying this bill is dead as far as I'm concerned. And then everyone was saying the bill was dead. But with all due respect to her, that's not how that works. But you think we're headed in that direction in the Senate? What's going on? I I think it certainly uh, is on life support. But Monumental, which held a press conference this afternoon, will tell you a different story. As you know, and we've talked about with Commander's stuff, for this thing to happen, there has to be a bill that's agreed upon by, by the House and the Senate. And right now, There was a bill to fund the arena at Potomac Yard introduced in the House and the Senate. The House seems to have early approval, but the Senate does not. And it had to come out of Finance Committee to move forward. That's the first step with one of these bills. But the Finance Committee on the Senate side is Democratic-controlled. And all of a sudden, the Democrats said, we don't feel comfortable with this. So not only did the Finance Committee on the Senate side uh, not approve it, they wouldn't even take it up. They didn't discuss it other than to say, here's the reasons why we're not going to take up this bill or discuss it. Now, Monumental, again, called a kind of hastily called a press conference at one o'clock because so much is going on to address this. They said, look, we have support in the House. If we can get it passed in the House, then we can meet with the Senate Finance Committee. We can meet with opponents, Democratic mostly, in the Senate and negotiate with them and make them see the light about why this is a good deal and gain their support. So they continue to say that there's only one we asked them is there a plan a plan b they said there's no plan a or plan b there's only one plan and this is this arena in alexandria but they're gonna have to convince some very very skeptical senators 
um, if if this thing is going to be uh, moving forward. So, Eric, I'm I'm old enough to remember when Linda Crop, D.C. City Council member, I can't remember exactly yeah. what her role was at the, at this point, cost yeah. the Washington D.C. the Nationals. Like I yeah. remember when it was dead, it was not going to happen, and everybody in the committee just like like threw their hands up and were shocked and chagrined. And I remember like I was part of a campaign. I like called her office and was like, I'd like to register a complaint as a DC resident. Just wanted a baseball team coming back. And then sure enough, you know, whatever it was, like 36 hours later, tremendous change of heart. This was her grandstanding moment at the time, as I recall. I, I could be getting it wrong. Please no one assume you're get offended. But you see, what I'm, you see where I'm going with this, right? Yeah, of course. I, w- respectfully, I didn't know who Louise Lucas was until I started reading <laughs> you and, and, and others. Is this a time where you get a lot of pub and everybody's asking you for quotes and your standing goes up. Is it really dead or is it a chance to, for Louise Lucas to shine? Well, it escalated quickly. And that is what uh, is interesting to me because she started out by saying, well, I'm not going to just support this. If, if, if the governor doesn't have a plan to spread some money, not just to Northern Virginia, but to my district and many others followed suit. And said, you know, hey, we need we need concessions here. Um, and and part of her new opposition, saying I'm not even going to talk about this, is she says the governor is unwilling to kind of horse swap, and say, hey, okay, you're going to get this, you're going to get this, you're going to get this if you if you support this. There's also a growing concern about the money, and and it's it, as I've worked, and this is through Monumental. Um, how it's going to be funded, it's like a billion dollars in bonds that will total like 2.7 or 2.8 billion by the time the bonds are paid off. And the way the bonds work is that in a doomsday scenario, Virginia taxpayers are on the hook for that if Monumental couldn't pay back the bonds, like if everything went south with the arena. Now, Monumental will tell you that is like never going to happen. And there's many provisions, many reasons why the bonds are going to get paid back. But the fact is they could be on the hook. And so I think that when you ask, is she grandstanding? I, 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 I would say that if she was grandstanding, like she was kind of grandstanding at the beginning where you say, I'm not going to support this, but you don't just say, I'm not even going to talk about it. You know, I'm not even going to bring it up for debate. Um, and, and that's and, and then you also have the fact that Scott Surabell, um, who is from Fairfax County and kind of the author of the Senate bill, also has kind of backed off support for it, which is kind of equally, um, uh, you know, concerning that, um, you know, that that even he acknowledges that that there are there are challenges in, in kind of getting this through the Senate. Eric Flack, WUSA TV nine. Why is he backed off in his support? Well, I, I think that he sometimes when you have something and your Democratic colleagues come to you and say, you know, I'm not going to support this, then you have a, a losing horse. All of a sudden, you know, you kind of back off and you're like, OK, well, if, if and he always kind of said from the beginning, I'm going to introduce this. This doesn't necessarily mean I, I support it, but I'm more than happy to be the person to, to introduce it so we can talk about it. But I think that this idea of pouring this amount of money into Northern Virginia was so distasteful to the rest of the state that said, what about me? That they miscalculated 
they miscalculated the the being able to sell it, at least on the Senate side. Eric, react to this opinion that I have. I find it impossible to believe that Leonsis, Monumental, the governor, that big stage event that we all talked about for weeks, that they do that without knowing this thing's going through. Look at the back and forth now between the mayor and Leonsis publicly. I mean, in some yep. ways, like the damage has been done here. And a lot, like from a legacy standpoint, if you're Leonsis, you've got to come through with Virginia because if you just stay in D.C., and they're mad at you and hate your guts. Like, that's not a good look. I, I He's too smart. And my opinion is this is going to happen, and it's going to go through, because they didn't start all this if it wasn't going to, and they didn't already know they had what they needed. Where am I wrong? Well, I mean, I think the only thing you're not considering is giving them so much credit to think that political calculations can't be can't be overstated or incorrect or missed the mark. There is no way that they thought that that the bill wouldn't even get a hearing in the finance committee. There's no way they calculated that. They certainly thought, and they certainly had conversations with a Scott Suravel, a Democrat, um, and then you've got the Republican governor, so we've got kind of a bipartisan effort here to say, hey, will you be the one to introduce this so we have some bipartisan bipartisan support? But, you know, things happen. And, you know, the, the, the Jack Ken Cook trying to build a stadium with Doug Wilder in Virginia decades and decades ago was a little bit different because it wasn't killed over politics. But but they had a, a big podium arena. I mean, a dog and pony show for that one, too. And we're moving and, you know, we're shaking hands. And that never happened. So, I mean, I think you're right. They've been working on this for two years, two years. They're, they're now kind of acknowledging this has been in the works for a long time. In my interview with, with Leon says, it, it's clear he was always intending to go to Northern Virginia. Like staying in Capital One was never the plan, at least with the Caps and the Wizards. So this was always the plan. But I think they miscalculated the, 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 the pushback they were going to have from parts of the state they didn't think were going to stand up and fight. And, and that's what they're getting. But again, Monumental is continuing to say, and this is to your point, Grant, Monumental is continuing to say today, hey, we're all right. This is the process. We're going to get it through on the House side. We're going to negotiate. We're going to convince some people who say they can't be convinced. And, and there is no plan B. There's not even a plan A. There's only one plan. This is a plan. Everybody calm down. Our buddy Eric Flack with us here on G&D. So, again, at the risk of brushing up against politics, but we are talking about politicians here. Here, Here's – I don't want to say I'm skeptical, but I just, I just kind of want your reaction to this. So, I guess it's February 10th. Glenn Youngkin, Republican governor of Virginia, gives a big, you know, soaring speech where you use your rhetoric, and I'm turning from side to side, telling you this, that, and the other thing, right? And he's saying mean things about the other team, right? This is a, a normal course of the day. Louise Lucas – repost it and tweets, this is the speech he gives while wanting us to compromise with him and give him the Glen Dome? Then, here we are 48 hours later, she's saying this thing's dead on arrival. This feels like you said something bad about my team, so I'm going to embarrass you. And like It just feels like politics to me, less so than where our sports teams are going to end up playing 
and it feels like a game that everybody, you know, makes a big point, and then quietly behind the scenes, when a bunch of money changes hands, and she gets like whatever toll relief she wants in Portsmouth, it's uh, this whole thing just sort of gets worked out. Your thoughts? Maybe, maybe, but especially these days, politics have a way of becoming reality more and more, and people get dug in on their heels, and then they hear from their constituents who say, we don't want this, and we elected you to fight ideas like this. And they realize, whoa, if, if I take a stand on this, I'm good to be reelected, you know, for, for, for some time to come. I can be a hero to my constituency. And I do think, speaking of the speech um, and, and, and how quickly this all escalated, um, there's a lot of egos involved. Mm-hmm. And 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 when when people don't like what they hear out of the governor's mouth, when the governor needs their help, they're quick to say, OK, absolutely not. We're not going to do this this way. You're, you're both right in that time will tell if this really ends up unraveling. And 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 I think, again, I guess I just go back to the press conference that Monumental held just a couple hours ago where one of their uh, top people on this project, Monica Dixon, came out and, and just calmly said, we're fine. It's all fine. This is just part of the process. Clearly believing, you know, your, your take on this, that, that there's a lot of posturing going on here. And once there is, you know, feathers that can be unruffled and egos that can be, uh, that can be massaged and, and, and deals that can be made, um, for for things that that people want to gain support, um, that that they will in fact be able to turn this around. There's also the idea. Keep in mind that negotiations can also in, in involve the financials. The 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 numbers I talked about: a billion dollars in bonds that equals 2.8 billion in repayments over however many decades. That number is not set in stone. They can change that number. They can say, okay. Don't don't we, you don't have to give us that much money. Give us less money. And, and, you know, I think that's always a possibility, too, to kind of assuage. And that would be a way for Lucas to say, I fought. We won this. That crazy number isn't part of the crazy number anymore. But I'm going to vote for this because they backed off because, you know, we stood up to them. But we're still going to give them like, you know, some money, but just not that much. That's that's another way that that this can all be salvaged. So there's still negotiations to go on. But, you know, once people take very public stands like this, like what happened today, you know, if they swap, if they switch, um, you know, then then it's 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 they're going to have to explain that, too. Um, so there's going to have to be a justification for why they would then flop and, and, and support the project when they oppose it. So, Eric, it seems like this is almost I don't want to say exclusively, but mostly about the financials. What's to keep? You know, the score from changing a little bit where maybe Leonsis doesn't get exactly what we heard about in that first press conference, but, you know, he pushes his fader up of what Monumental's spending a little bit. The other number comes down and you strike a deal. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to have to be. Here's what I think is not going to happen. And again, this is just me using my experience in these sorts of things. What I don't think is going to happen is that they're going to move forward with this particular framework and and then somehow convince the Lucases of the world to come on board. I mean, you know, they can't they can't 
have a bill. They can't have an arena. They can't have a funding mechanism without the Senate Finance Committee doing what they have to do to kind of approve something that can be voted on by the full Senate. So, like, it has to happen. So really changing a framework to me seems like the only potential solution, one that they may have anticipated, one that everything's in negotiation. We start up here. We come down here. We meet in the middle. You get some more stuff. I, 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 I give back some stuff, and we're all happy. I don't think that, like, you know, toll relief at this point is necessarily going to get it done for a Lucas on, on a $2.8 billion payback. Eric, um, real quick, because I'm assuming other people listening are thinking the same thing I am. So to, you're saying, like, they're, they're not even really able to have the conversation yet based on the Senate. How do they get on that agenda? Is that a vote? Is it just that three Democrats yeah. have to change their mind? Like, how would you even get to that part? You would you would have to have the leadership in the Senate Finance Committee, which sets the agenda to put it on the agenda. And how far That's, from that are? Is it like every single Democrat doesn't want to do it, or like three need to flip? We had Matt, we had that. I haven't counted the votes yet because we had Matt Torres in Richmond, and I'm like um, doing the monumental side down here, so I haven't counted votes yet. But they they didn't even get it on. They didn't even talk about. It. They didn't even get it on. So leadership has to put it on the agenda. And right now, you know, they're not even good. It's like a Mickelson, uh, Mendelson thing about, you know, it's up to him to put certain things on 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 the city council. Um, sorry, my alarm's going off. Um, put certain things on the agenda for them to uh, for them to like go forward. So I haven't counted folks yet. I don't have the answer. To that. But Eric, sorry about that. No, no worries. On, on the D.C. side of things. Mayor Bowser, op-ed in the Washington Post, and then his, you know, I think she gave a press conference and, and, and made a couple of statements about potential legal ramifications and trying to yeah. enforce their lease. What's the latest there? Yeah, so uh, just two hours before Monumental was meeting with the media um, about, you know, everybody calm down about what happened in Richmond, uh, Mayor Bowser, um, for the first time, uh, said, um, you know, we have a legal strategy. We're not going to talk about it but we're not going to let him just go quietly into the night. Um, they believe they, there's, a, there's a provision in the lease. It's clear as day that, that there's a provision in the lease which says he can repay the bonds early and get out in 2027. The question is, um, can the mayor block him from doing that? And can they go to court and say this provision doesn't really apply or can't be applied here in this manner? Um, so we asked Monumental about that, and they basically said, we have lawyers, too. We wouldn't have done this for two years if we didn't feel pretty good about being able to get out of this lease. There's no way we do all this work and don't check, hey, can we actually get out of this lease? You know, we're, we got lawyers, too. We're fine. The mayor's point is that, you know, she doesn't – she said flat out, I don't intend to pay off the bond. He can give me – Whatever's left on the bond, it's like $50 million that, that was taken out by the city in the bond to, to, as part of this amendment that happened in 2007. Um, only $13 million of it is paid back. She, she hasn't necessarily been using – there's nothing that says she has to use the money to pay off the bond, the excess revenues from the arena. And she basically said he can't tell me to earmark 
you know, whatever the math is, $33 million or $37 million, uh, he hands me a check. He can't tell me what to do with that money. I'm going to use it for whatever I want, but I'm not going to pay off the bond with it. So she basically believes that's the way for her to block this uh, in a legal standpoint from happening. Again, Monumental's attorneys say, Monumental's people say, we have attorneys too. We checked into this. We're all good. But the problem is, one last point on that, is even if they're right, it could certainly slow the process if it gets caught up in court. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the arena in Alexandria um, isn't supposed to be done until, I don't know, 2028, something like that. Um, but the, uh, if the city wants to play hardball, um, they could potentially um, say, okay, then hit the road. And the Caps and the Wizards could be without a place to play, like without a place to play because their new arena isn't um, uh, finished yet. And their old one, they, they aren't allowed to be there anymore. And, and Monumental acknowledged that fact, that if the mayor wants to play hardball and they move and their new arena isn't finished, they uh, could potentially be looking for a place to play Caps and Wizards games after 2027 for like one year. So they have to convince the mayor Mm. if the Virginia thing goes through to um, reach an agreement um, to extend the lease. And she's threatening legal action, which seems unlikely um, that she would go, okay, you can say one more year if she, if, if he can, if they can get this deal done in Virginia. So a lot of movies. I'm psyched to watch OV chase Gretzky at the same, at the same James. I know. It's the first thing I thought of. (laughs) I can't wait. Watch, uh, watch Jordan. Which side of there, left or right? The two rinks. Eagle bank arena. Hey, real quick, we'll end it here, but I want to ask you, what percentage chance did you think the day of the original press conference that this was going to happen? And what is that number for you right now? 100% the day when it happened. Wow. It's hard to imagine the way they sound that it, like, is not still going to happen. In the end, I do agree with you guys, Um, but I'm going to go... 75 I'll knock 25% off. I'll knock 25% off that they can't get this through Virginia only because we've seen ideas in Virginia um, for various reasons get support and then kind of erode. Um, but I think in the end, they just change the deal and, and do some politics stuff and get pe- enough people on board to get it through. But obviously, it's a lot more difficult, and obviously, the chances aren't the same as when it was announced. Eric, thank you as always, buddy. Sorry about that alarm prank. See you, man. Yeah, I, seriously. <laughs> these kids these days, I tell you what. Danny right, should stop guys. trying to steal your Shenanigans. Car. Our buddy Eric Flack on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. Uh, what do you guys make of that and the possibility that the Virginia Senate could be killing off this bill to move the Caps and the Wizards across the river to Virginia? Do you think it's going to happen? Yes or no? We'll get into that next on Grant and Danny. Eric Flack joined us just a few minutes ago, investigative reporter, Channel 9 in D.C. He's been working this story pretty closely. In fact, he just sat down with Ted Leonsis when I was in Vegas. I saw late last yeah. week. And that's when uh, Leonsis gave the quote that the die has been cast. They are moving to Virginia. The update, though, is that at least for the moment, 
there is a major dispute in the Virginia Senate, and Senate Democrats seemingly want nothing to do with a bill that would allow these teams to come across the river and be in Virginia. Here's what I don't really know, and it's funny. We always say we don't talk politics on this show. I mean, sometimes there's an intersection between sports and politics. There's one of those times. It's pretty unavoidable, so hopefully everyone can just put their, their big boy and big girl pants on and not get too upset for a few minutes. I don't care who the governor is versus who the senators are, or if it was the other side, I would ask the same question. So nobody get offended. It feels to me like this is a huge win for Glenn Youngkin if they can get an arena in Northern Virginia, and the Senate Democrats are in the business of not wanting him to get a win. In the same way, this is just politics, if the governor was, if Glenn Youngkin was a Democrat, maybe it'd be Virginia senators that were Republicans that would be doing this because Yunkin, we were told that day by the people that cover mm-hmm. the Virginia politics game, like this is something that he needs for whatever reason. Like this is his big win, so to speak, at this point. I just don't know how much of it is the inner workings of politics in the Commonwealth versus maybe the Democrats are right in just saying, hey, we don't want people paying for this thing, period. It doesn't matter who the governor is. I don't really know what's what. Flack did eventually say he thinks there's a 75% chance this mm-hmm. thing still happens. That's a big difference between 100% when he was sitting at the original press conference. No, it sure is. And again, I I, I referenced the Linda Crop situation. If, for those who don't remember, this is all the way back in 2004, 20 years ago. Amazing to think that it was really that long, where you had Anthony Williams, who was the mayor of D.C. at the time, a very friendly city council who was all in favor. Major League Baseball was coming to Washington, D.C., a, the, a mostly publicly funded stadium, and this, 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 this. It was a done deal. And at the 11th hour, an election happens in between. Three people that were friendly to the stadium, I put friendly in quotes, are ousted. She's one of the people that then ascends and pulls the rug and says, we're not doing it unless it can be 50% privately financed, which doesn't sound that crazy, but it was crazy given the short time frame. Right, like there was just simply no way that was going to happen. Thomas Boswell wrote a scathing article about this, about how nonsensical it was, and it was dead. The Nationals were not coming, and then they did. Because who knows what happened behind the scenes? But she had her great moment where she got to uh, be the star, and everyone's asking her questions. And all of a sudden, the casual person that couldn't have picked her out of a lineup, aka me, DC resident, all of a sudden I'm now I now am interested in Linda Crop doing whatever it is she's doing. Respectfully, I don't know who Louise Lucas is, and she doesn't know who I am, and, and I'm sure we'll all be fine. Again, nobody get offended, nobody get mad. This is a, to your point, opposition party, regardless of who's in power, is on a tour that's bigger than just Virginia. He's giving speeches that are national. He's talking about the grandiose things, and they've got now their chance to get their own Q rating up, to take shots and say, well, it's good, bad, or indifferent. I have no idea. If, if it's really altruistic and it's really about the taxpayers of Virginia and we want to make sure we're doing right by them, yada, yada, yada. Or if it's, just as you're saying, a political game where everybody's now getting a chance to shine and this whole thing's going to get worked out. I'm very cynical and skeptical when it comes to it. So to me, there is too much at stake because Virginia doesn't have a pro team, too much at stake in terms of new developments. Everybody loves to take credit for a new project, a new ribbon cut. Everyone wants the, the back padding, even if the guy at the very top is on the opposite team. Everybody ultimately wants this. They love, uh, politicians love these sorts of projects. So I think it's happening. But again, this could be that time where the politician involved really is 100% truly concerned about the citizens and you know not fording their own uh, uh, interest and career. So 
and again, we're 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 doing the best we can here with limited information, just kind of going on all that we've seen. And now all of a sudden, what we thought was a done deal, the mayor closing in from one side in DC talking about, you know, enforcing the lease. All of a sudden the, the rug getting pulled a bit in, in Virginia in terms of the legislature. It's not getting voted on. So it's not as simple and smooth as maybe we would have thought recently. Yeah, I don't really know what to make of the news yesterday. I know that when I originally heard that the same politician who originally hated the idea was saying the bill is dead as far as I'm concerned, didn't really move the needle for me. When Eric Flack, who's covering this, Mm -hmm. is saying the bill is dead for the moment and they're going to have to rework it, now that's more significant because it means there's more than just that one person, right? I go back to the point I made to him, though. And I will admit I don't know anything about anything in this regard. But I don't think Ted Leonsis and Monumental would have started this ball rolling downhill if they weren't going to get it across the finish line. And I know that things happen occasionally that are unforeseen. But you've got to account for as many things as you possibly can. And this is really early in the process. Like, this is not a, you couldn't get the support in the last Mm -hmm. hour. This is just... Good distinction. You're this right. is the yeah. first step. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. This is literally the, in Virginia, the Senate has to say they'll vote on this. They can't even get it on the, the program. So to me, as Eric said, this is not something they accounted for. Like, I think that eventually this thing happens because there's too much to be lost in terms of court of public opinion, optics for Leonsis, for Monumental. I think they thought about everything. Like Flack said, if you listen to him about Muriel Bowser mm-hmm. and the possible lawsuit. Uh-huh. They're kind of dangling this idea of we got lawyers. Oh, we, we got a strategy. To. You don't think that Leonsis knew that was coming? Like, they're going to be ready. They're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have done this if they knew they would lose in court. I think the same thing about the politics of it. Yep. And that's just, again, I'm completely ignorant on all of this, but I have a hard time believing they would have started this whole process and the pushback and him taking a massive hit from fans in D.C. and in Maryland just from a sheer popularity standpoint, to then be rebuffed by Virginia, the only real collection of fans that are excited about this. I mean, if you go back to D.C. with your tail between your legs, it's I just don't see it. It's a, it's a terrible look, and I don't think you would have ever started if you weren't going to finish. Let's go to Kevin, who's in Centerville on G&D. What's up, Kevin? Hey, Granddaddy. How you doing? Good, man. Uh, yeah, I, I grant to your point. Uh, do you really think that like a billionaire owner doesn't think that like he can just push things through with another governor who can just like try to try? It says it's a done deal. I think they, there's enough hubris involved uh, in all of this where they don't even know what the traffic situation is going to be. They don't. They don't. Have, the metro that they want to get out on is not going to be able to handle it. They, there's none of these things, these contingencies that they have really thought through, and they they put they put it on as a smash and grab job. They think they can get through with the excitement, um, with the Alexandria City Council and the mayor being full supportive behind it. They thought, well, if we got them, we can probably sweep this through, and it, everybody will will be good because of the specter of Dan Snyder leaving. Ted Leonsis looks good. I'm a savior. I'm coming in, and. They they thought this would be a, a a wonderful thing, when there's actual some some resistance to it, you know, and it doesn't help that the current governor decided to go on a rant um, with the people that he needs to help getting getting things through. Yeah, I I don't think they calculated that at all. I think they hmm. really thought that you they think could they just, just kind of blindly assumed it would work out. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. Because th- there's there's a lot of things coming from them right now. They didn't expect the backlash. Ted Leonsis is going out there I think right that's the now best talking point. That, that Ted Leonsis is going out there right now saying, hey, wait a second, wait a second, you know, you know, this is going to be great. They're having to do some PR spin and damage control on the, the uh, people from Alexandria City, the, the Delray community that, is, that are trying to bring up, hey, this won't be so good for the environment. This won't be so good for the traffic. Has anybody considered this? And but, they're but having my to point do damage is, Kevin, control and spin now. And I appreciate the call. Thanks, Kevin. I think they did consider all that. They're, they're not shocked that people are pushing back against this. No chance. That was not the priority. That wasn't necessarily what Ted cared about. Ted cares about the real estate in Virginia, having a better arena, the better business move for him, in my opinion. But zero chance they did all this thinking a bunch of people in D.C. and Maryland would just show up and wave them off and go, so happy. See you guys when you get to Potomac Yard. Whatever the hell, it's National Landing now. What are we doing? Yeah, Potomac Landing. I don't, landing? The name I don't of know. It. But same thing with Del Rey. It took me two text messages to buddy that lived there to, to hear their complaints and thoughts and worries. Two years of smart people planning this, they wouldn't have come up with the same thing I did in four minutes and two text messages. I, ju- I just don't believe that. Maybe I'm naive. I don't know. I- I've never been a billionaire, and I've certainly <laughs> never been a governor, so maybe they just think differently. His point is, essentially, you have to assume that they just didn't consider the possibility that people wouldn't like this, and I, I, ref- that doesn't make sense to me. I do think they've been shocked at the level of backlash. I think they've been very surprised by that. I think when you have, you know, the we've seen this before with the billionaires when the emperor's not wearing any clothes and everybody's telling you how great the idea is all the time. I do think they anticipated legal strategies and lobbying efforts, and you know they had a website ready to roll out for, you know, and the Twitter accounts already going, et cetera. But I do think they've been really surprised. I don't know that they always plan on having Ted, you know, out front doing some interviews, trying to get his side out there, or the editorial or whatever the the ten point plan letter that that he had to write. I think they've been taken aback at, at at how much vitriol there's been. I don't think a team leaves a place where they've been for decades to go to another municipality, and the owner is not going to have to be vocal and front facing mm-hmm. and write a. Here's why we're excited about this. At some point, it would be crazy to me if he wasn't doing those things. Not to mention. The mayor has gone on the attack as well and on the offensive. And a lot of what they're doing, I think, is combating the mayor, which they knew was coming. Mm-hmm. I was told she stormed into their offices a couple days before the big press conference, basically screaming over at Monumental and was really upset. I don't think they were stunned to find out she was ha- she was not thrilled that they were moving out of Washington, D.C. Grant and Danny on the fan, 800-636-1067. Do you think this is going to go down? What do you make? of the bill, at least for the moment, looking like it's in some trouble. They've been working on this for two years. Two years, they're, they're now kind of acknowledging. This has been in the works for a long time. In my interview with, with Leon says, it, it's clear he was always intending to go to Northern Virginia. Like, staying in Capital One was never the plan, at least with the Caps and the Wizards. So this was always the plan. But I think they miscalculated the, 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 the pushback they were going to have from – Parts of the state they didn't think were going to stand up and fight. 
And, and that's what they're getting. But again, Monumental is continuing to say, and this is to your point, Grant, Monumental is continuing to say today, hey, we're all right. This is the process. We're going to get it through on the House side. We're going to negotiate. We're going to convince some people who say they can't be convinced. And, and there is no plan B. There's not even a plan A. There's only one plan. This is a plan. Everybody calm down. Eric Flack, who joined us earlier this hour on Grant and Danny, we're asking you guys if you think the Wizards and the Caps are going to end up moving to Virginia after some bad news for Ted Leonsis and Monumental on that front over the last 24 or so hours. Curious to see what Monumental says later today in a press conference that Flack told us they've called. It is time for our double play. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. How was your Super Bowl bash as you watched the Chiefs go back-to-back? It was very nice, my friend. Uh, a, a core, nice group that got together. People, uh, you know, did we didn't have too many of the characters. The anno- most annoying person there was probably me, which is, uh, which is you know, I think a pretty good bar. If you don't supersede me in terms of annoyance, I think we're all doing pretty much okay. Uh, food was outstanding, great selection, and uh, kids stayed up till the end, and we, we, we got it done. My youngest was devastated that San Francisco won. He decided, oh, excuse me, that San Francisco did not win. He decided at some point that he liked San Francisco. Now, if you're going to ask him, name a player or what state is San Francisco Were they in? Locked in on the game, actually watching? No, not even a little. Uh, but he was very upset that San Francisco lost. Okay. Maybe just tired, but there, there, were, there were some tears came right out of those eye sockets there. I was at home for the first time with no friends, no nothing coming over. It was me, oh, yeah. the wife, and the kids. So the kids were climbing all over me for the first half. They went to bed during Usher's halftime performance, and then me and the wife watched the second half in the basement together. Super quiet. Wanted to keep as much voice as I could for the show tomorrow. Yep. Back from Vegas, just Smart. lounging around. Yeah, you handled it well. Laid low. Uh, but I actually enjoyed the game more because of that, I will say. Now, the Super Bowl parties have their place. They're great. Yep. It's a lot of fun. I look forward to next year getting back out and about. But you really don't get to enjoy the game as thoroughly. You don't get to hear the broadcast. You're like, wait, how did they get that first down? There's just a lot going on in the room. So actually, especially for the second half and overtime, I was pumped to have kind of had a quiet setup uh, for us. You knew about our our draft, my my two items. Yep. I went wings and meatballs. My wife did also add buffalo chicken dip to the uh, to the wow. menu. So those were the three things at our house yesterday. We kind of kept it pretty low key for the most part. But uh, man, the Super Bowl coming down to the wire, overtime, Mahomes with the football in his hands in the end. Hard to screw that up. Yeah, hard to mess it up. I still don't feel good, by the way. I, I didn't have any alcohols. Just from just from. Eating like a disgusting sow. Is your non-alcohol streak still going? Yeah. How long? Uh, so I had I had a couple of beers on my dude's trip in September, and that was my only alcohol okay, of 2023. Years at no. this point. So I mean, I had I had a couple beers, and I was like, I can't handle this. I can't do it. So I did. I had, I had a couple beers on that trip. Or do you just feel bad? Yes. Like, your body, yep. not like I just can't handle. I don't it. like that I'm doing this. Your body actually tells you I don't like this. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like guilt. I'm not like a teetotaler. You know, when 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 I tell people like, yeah, I don't really drink, they automatically assume like, uh oh, there's there's rage and Ruye over there with a huge problem has to like cut it back. And Comedian I'm like, who stopped drinking. Yeah, I'm like, no, actually, my stomach gets a little churdy if I have any adult beverages. Like it's I'm so pathetic and sad. But that's what it is. I just can't handle it. What'd you eat? So 
there were wings. There was chili. There were uh, excellent slew of desserts, which I'll get to in a moment. A uh, couple different kinds of dips. We had a seven-layer dip situation going. We had a buffalo chicken dip going. There you go. The best thing, I'm going to tell you this again. The best thing, my guy Will made this. Will, it was a pepperoni pizza dip. You're like, what? What are you talking about? I've had that before. This was the nectar of the gods, my friend. Garlic knots or Parmesan-covered Triscuits were your vehicle. It's like eating a pepperoni, really a meat lover's pizza. Very well seasoned and spiced. Just no bread, but the bread you supply via dippage. It was a tin, Miss Davis. A tin. You know who was famous for their pepperoni dip was um, Mike Isabella, the chef back oh, in the yeah, day. Yeah, that yeah, you yeah, and yeah. I like, yeah, yeah. They had a very popular like a pepperoni dip that you could get at his restaurant. Oh, it was just only amazing. time I've had it. This thing was so good. That was a huge highlight. Uh, for dessert, chocolate chip cookies, really, really good. The best thing were these cannoli. Chips, so they're not actual chips, right? But it's like the shell of the cannoli, and then the cannoli filling that you could put as much or or little on each one as you wanted, do separately. That was just outstanding. Wegmans smashed that out of the park. It was fascinating. My kids didn't care much about the Super Bowl for the most part, but right when it was time for bedtime, they got really interested, and they wanted to sit with me and watch it. Hmm. But the rest of the night, it wasn't particularly of note. It wasn't compelling. It was just in the background. But then right when I said it's time for bed, they wanted to get up next to me, and that's when they wanted to lock in. They're really into the Super Bowl. Really, really. Who's winning, Dad, the match? State. I want to talk about Patrick Mahomes' greatness and where he's at right now among some of the guys we've seen at that position at 5 o'clock today. The Beltway Blitz comes your way next on GND. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 